All right. Well, two months ago, not a whole lot of us knew this guy's name, but now he is ever present in the MMA scene. It's 2-0 Talon Carvalho, fresh off of his win back in Idaho Falls just a couple of weeks ago. Talon, how are you, man? How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm back home in California, just chilling right now. I just got to ask you, man, you're 2-0. It's been a very, very quick turnaround between those two fights. How have you been feeling over the last couple of weeks? Just kind of turning into this, this not, not big MMA fighter, but I mean, you are well known across the entire state of Utah now following these two emphatic wins. Man, it feels great. I, uh, I expected to do well when I started, but I couldn't have asked for this. I mean, I feel, it's, I don't know how to process it really. It's just a great feeling and I can't wait to keep doing it. I'm addicted to the training now. So yeah. That that's kind of what I've been hearing from a lot of coaches and things like that is that you just train as hard as any of the top guys in the room. And that's what has echoed in your success and things like that. I do kind of want to ask you, it hasn't been that long since you started fighting. How did you get started in MMA and what got you interested in it? Um, growing up, my mom and dad would always have me watching like a, just a random card on the weekend. So I was always around and like knew about it. Um, and it was always interesting, but, um, when I moved out here, I was like, didn't have or when I moved to Utah I didn't have much to do so I was like you know I gotta go get in the gym I gotta do something I can't just be sitting around all day so I wanted to find a hobby and I found more than a hobby this is something I want to do yeah did your family grow up always watching fights did anyone in your family fight prior to you um my mom trained a little bit she never had any fights or anything but she trained and so she would show me like a couple things but nothing like actually having a membership at a gym, you know, that's fascinating stuff. That's actually something I kind of wanted to ask you was, you know, sometimes when fighters get into this, it's kind of hard on the families to watch their kids fight, to watch their loved ones fight and potentially get hurt. What has your family's reaction been like considering kind of the MMA background that you already have the fandom there in the home? Uh, they react like I would assume most parents would react. They get extremely nervous and they don't really want me to do it, but when I do it, they are excited and they're having the time of their lives. And then after they're like, okay, you can't do that again. And I'm like, yeah, I'm going to do it again though. So that being said, after the first fight against Chandler Stone, how was their reaction when they found out that you were going to be fighting just a little over a month later? Yeah, I called my mom. She uh, expected it, but I called my dad and I told him uh, that I got another fight booked and he was like, no, you don't, you're not doing it. And I was like, yeah, this is a, I'm 21 now. I can do what I want when it comes to this. So he obliged and he came out. I stayed at his Airbnb and uh, he knows like the mindset that I want to get into pre-fight. And so he, he supports it. Could you talk to me a little bit about your mindset? Because uh, one of the things that I wrote down prior to this interview was that when you fight, granted, you have only been training for five months or so. Is that correct? Yeah. Yeah you have more confidence than I think I've ever seen out of an amateur fighter, considering the amount of time that you have been training. Right. Where is that mindset at when you're making that walk? And where where are your nerves? Or are they even present at all when you're making that walk? Because you seem co- so confident yeah. in there. No, there's definitely nerves. I think uh, a big key to why I appear so confident is because I do a lot of visualization. Like, at least a week out before the fight, I would stretch every night and then have like some calm sounds in the background. And I just lay down on my mat in my room and just like close my eyes and visualize exactly how I wanted the fight to go. 
Kent Mafileo actually gave me a, a good idea to just visualize everything about the fight from the bad to the good, like visualize the loss, visualize the win, visualize how it could go, the ends, the ending of the fight. And uh, that way you get the emotions out before. And then on fight night, you're just stone cold and you're ready to go. You're prepared for uh, any result, really. So. How is it? How has it been seeing a lot of these guys who you train with, Kent Mafaleo, Julian Ruiz, these bigger names within the state, doing so well? How has it been, kind of having them take you under, take you under your wing? Under I their feel wings? really lucky about it, and uh, it's inspiring to see seeing them train in the gym. They're some badasses, that's for sure. And uh, I just feel lucky to be in around that environment. You know, I think that's going to be something that helps me grow into my own fighter. I got to ask you this seven weeks ago, you were an O and O fighter and mm -hmm. you know, seven weeks now present, you are two and O one of the top guys considered in the state Two finishes less than an entire round of fight time, considering yeah. everything that you've been through. Did you ever think that you'd splash onto the scene this fast when you made that first walk into the gym, you know, just a couple of months ago? I really didn't. I was talking to my coach Ramsey um, when I first started training and I, I told him like, Hey, I wanted to get a fight, you know, um, eventually like maybe August of 2023 or something like that. And he was like, yeah, I, let's, uh, let's catch you in the gym. Let's make sure you're consistent. And then we'll see where you're at around August. And then, uh, he got that call or text from Zach about the short notice fight and Ramsey knew I, cause I, I was like a hound. I was like, yo, can I get a fight? Can I get a fight? Cause I felt like I was ready after a few months in and then he was like, you know what? I just got a fight for May 13th if you want to do it. And I was like, yes, I do want to do it this May 13th, right? Like, and he was like, yeah. So I was, I was ready to go immediately. But I, I got to say, Caitlin, Caitlin Neal, as well as Eric Iman, our two, you know, fighter color commentators on the broadcast have both been very impressed specifically by your striking, which is where the majority of uh, your fights have come out or have played out. Right. That being considered, how did you pick up all these skills so fast do you think did you grow up an athlete were you have you always been kind of adept to picking up skills quickly how have you gotten this good this fast yeah uh i played every sport growing up from soccer to baseball basketball i ran track in high school um i played flag football in middle school um i was just i was always outside playing with a ball like some sports or riding a skateboard or you know just I was always athletic and always outside doing stuff. So I think uh, and I did CrossFit a lot growing up, too. I think that helps with the like the fluid fluidity of movement, like my hips transferring into my rotation. Just all that I think has to do with just all the sports and working out I did growing up. My family's uh, all super active, so I was just kind of born into it. Did you grow up in a very competitive family? Did you grow up with older siblings or younger siblings that kind of pushed you to do better and be better and kind of be yeah. atop the rankings of the family and things like that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. My, uh, my oldest brother, Boston would uh, beat me up all the time. Um, and I always wanted to be as good as him at everything. So he was a great role model uh, growing up, trying to be the best at whatever sport I was playing. Yeah. Do you, what do they think? Like your older brother, Boston, what does he think of, you know, these last couple of weeks where you've just garnered up a couple of wins? Yeah, uh, he loves it. He's, he FaceTimes me and he's just like bouncing off the walls after the fight, just like freaking out, like, dude, that was amazing stuff like that. And, uh, 
it's it's just so cool to see like the family supporting it. I couldn't ask for more than that. Talking about, you kind of mentioned, you know, you did track, you grew up playing soccer, so many different sports that you played throughout your life. I just got to ask you, what's the difference between winning a game, having a close race or something like that comparative to knocking someone out? Uh, it doesn't compare at all. I've played championship games at like pretty high levels of soccer. I played uh, academy soccer growing up and uh, we had some very um, important games that we've won and we've lost. And the wins have never, even though it was just an amateur fight, I know it, it doesn't have much weight behind it. Like I'm still brand new. There's probably going to be many more fights that have a lot more meaning behind them, but it still felt greater than anything I've ever done. So I'm addicted. That's for sure. I kind of wanted to ask you, so your first fight, I just have it written down here, two minutes and eight seconds against Chandler stone. This mm -hmm. fight in Idaho falls just a couple of days ago, 24 seconds. And I don't mean to be a downer, but like you kind of said, there are going to be tougher matchups. There are going to be tougher fight nights, tougher camps, things like that. When yeah. you make that walk, are you prepared for that? Are you aware of you know what the future might entail and considering that you've been an athlete do you know that you know at some point there is a there is a possibility that i do face a loss or i do face someone who's in there that's tougher and how do you kind of deal with that mentally leading up to the, leading up to the rest of your career i just know for a fact that there are going to be moments where i'm tested and i believe i'm not the type to give up on myself i never have been and so i know i never will so when those moments happen, I'm just going to bite down on the mouthpiece and try and push through it. And if I don't, then that is what it is. I lost, but I, I, I feel like I can take a loss well, too. I'm just I feel like I have a good mental um, I have good mental awareness about just outcomes, possible outcomes. And uh, I know I'll get tested and I know I'll be fine when I do get tested. Well, I mean, you already have been tested. And I, I don't mean to say that to be like, hey, you're going to lose someday. But I just mean to say in terms of like this, this sport is one that, yeah. that is as difficult as any other sport that you've probably ever gone out on the field for. That being said, you've already impressed us. The Dustin Jones fight was one where it was going to be a tough test. Yes, he was one and four at the time. But at the same time, he has fought for years. He has been training for years. And you were someone who didn't have that kind of background. Um, in the sport of fighting, I should say, what was it like kind of knowing that going in? That was something that Zach and I talked about on the podcast. I don't know if you had heard that prior, but it's like, you know, that's something to think about. Yeah, I did hear that. Um, and it was interesting because I was actually more nervous for this fight than my first one. I'm not sure if that's because before the first one, I had no idea what to expect. Or the second one, I was facing a guy with as much experience as Dustin has. Um, I think also part of that was I put a lot of pressure on myself to land that front kick in the beginning of the fight. And I think that was just on my mind so much that it just, it got my nerves a little built up more than they, they needed to be, but I was still able to like calm myself down. And like, I do like these deep breaths, just, and just breathe. And I feel like that helps a lot, but yeah, the experience was something I was worried about, but that's why I went out hot. I came out hot. Yeah. And, and what is that like kind of going out hot when seriously, I mean, you just threw a flurry and kind of were in his face, didn't give him a chance to even get his footing. Was that yeah. kind of the game plan that you had to do that in order, in order to, you know, have the outcome that you did, you think? 
it wasn't the game plan that I had to do it, but it was the game plan that it was something I really wanted to do. Like my coach, Dominico, told me, he was like, I know you really want to do that move to come out, but just understand that it's risky and he's a wrestler. So he might try and grab your leg after you throw it. Um, and so just be prepared for the consequences. And I was like, okay, I will. So I just put my foot down as soon as I threw it up. And then um, Marco Sanchez actually told me in the locker room before he was like, rather than uh, putting your, uh, after the front kick, rather than putting your left leg down and then just gauging distance again, put that down and then fire the two right away. So he has no time to react to what was going on. And I was like, okay, we drilled that a few times. I was like, I'm going to do that now. And it, it worked out like to a T and that's all I needed. I was just about to say, that's pretty much exactly how it played out mm -hmm. over the last couple of months that you've been training and specifically over the win over Chandler stone and the win over Dustin Jones. What would you say is the biggest thing that you've learned about yourself as well as what you've learned about fighting, just considering the experience that you have now under your belt? Um, although I have learned from the fights that I've had, I learn more in the gym every single day because I'm just getting humbled every single day. The talent that we have at the pit is awesome to see. And yeah, I just get, I get beat up daily. So I learn more in the gym. Um, I know once I have a few more tougher fights and everything, then I'll, I'll, I'll be able to learn, but I feel like there just wasn't enough. I mean, something that I did take away from the Dustin fight was after I had him rocked after that first two, um, I went in a little like too overzealous and he was able to go and catch my leg and try to try to go for the single leg. Luckily I was able to sprawl out in time and then stand back up and then fire my last few combos. Um, but that's one thing I did pull away. It was only a tight 20 second fight or something like that. So there's not too much. I feel like I could have learned. So what I did take away is just don't be overzealous for a finish, stay calm and stay collected and pick your shots. Yeah. I, I kind of wanted to ask you, you brought up the different teammates you had, Dominico Salas, so many others, Marco Sanchez, what is a typical training day like for you? Cause you are in the room with a bunch of guys who are atop of all the state rankings. Yeah. It's a, uh, a whole lot of sweating and a whole lot of uh, frustration sometimes. Like, cause I'm like, I can't do anything to these guys. Like I'm trying as hard as I can. I want to take you down. They won't let me take them down. I'm trying to punch them in the head. They won't let me punch them in the head and they're punching me in the head. You know, they check my kicks all the time. It's like my shins hurt. So it's just, it gets frustrating, but I know it's like, it's the best environment to be in. Like if it wasn't, if it was easy, I don't know. I feel like there wouldn't be much learning. It's hard and it should be hard. So what was that transition like doing that? Because I mean, like you said, like you have come from being a great athlete and, and doing so many things and, and playing in high level games and things like that. But when you walk into an MMA gym, it's, it's very different. What was yeah. it like kind of making that transition from being, you know, one of the, the better people on any given field, wherever it may be versus walking into a gym and being like, Oh, I'm kind of the lowest here on, on the pole. Uh, like I said before, it's extremely humbling. Yeah. And, uh, but I think I needed that to be in a gym and not be a top dog. I mean, I was never like a top dog in my sports, the sports I played or anything either. There was other uh, great talent. I was playing on really good teams. So there was guys, I have some friends that are actually on uh, MLS teams now, or they're playing professionally in Mexico for soccer. So I was never like the top guy on the soccer field either, but I mean, uh, 
it's just even more humbling in the gym. So, yeah. Do you ever miss playing soccer or do you kind of feel like you're at home now with MMA? No, I feel like I'm at home now with MMA. I played so much literally since I was like five years old. I feel like I got a little burnt out with it. Um, but MMA is just, I don't know. You can, I've heard this before. Um, like somebody will play a soccer game and the one team will lose, but they could still say, yeah, we lost the game, but I could still whoop your ass in MMA. You could lose the fight and you're not going to be like, yeah, but I could still whoop your ass because you just got your ass whooped. So, so kind of my last thing that I wanted to ask you was considering how quick the turnaround was, do you want a little bit more time before your next fight? Cause my guess and, and just kind of the forecast of how MMA works is you're probably going to get a, a significantly tougher opponent coming into this mm -hmm. next fight, just considering your record. Do you think yeah. that you're going to be taking a little bit of time off to improve? What's, what's kind of the game plan for you in terms of how often you want to be fighting? Yeah, 100%. I want to take a little time. I'm in California right now. Um, I've got a decent vacation here, a decent amount of time I'm going to be spending here. So I'll find a gym and work, uh, work on my ground game for sure. Um, and then I'm back in Utah. And as soon as I'm back in Utah, I'm going to get to the gym and train like I've been training um, and just get better. I want to, I want to be back around November or December. I think it would be awesome if I could get three fights, uh, in 2023 and then see where it goes from there. You know, who knows? I don't know. If you were to go on a tear, how many fights do you think you want to stay an amateur before you consider going pro? And I know that's probably way down the line considering the amount of time, but I'm always curious with certain fighters, some fighters, you know, they stay amateurs for five, six years before they go pro others. They only go, they only fight for about a year as a pro. Do you have any, do you have any, any desire to, to make that jump quicker or slower? Uh, I'm, I'm obsessed with this game and I watch a lot of YouTube uh fighters that talk about their amateur careers and when they transitioned and i've seen like a decent rule of thumb is like 10 fights they've had amateur and then they go pro even if they're killing it even if they go 10 and 0 they still want to get all that time under their belt um and the amateur ranks before their record really matters because the amateur record i mean doesn't really matter when you're a pro nobody's going to be like oh he went one in ten in his amateur career and now he's a pro and he's two and oh, like he might lose real soon because he lost a ton of times in his amateur career. Like you don't, uh, they don't, they're not paying attention to your amateur career. So I just want to get my time, my experience. I'm brand new. So I need, I need some more experience. That's for sure. Well, he is fresh in the game, but he is so much fun to watch. Talon Carvalho, who is going to be continuing to hopefully win as he makes his way on these fierce cards. Talon, thank you so much for the time, man. Really appreciate thank it. Thank you, Blake. Appreciate it.